Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Good morning. Y'all doing all right? Anybody glad you came to church today? Yes, good. I'm glad I came. Even if you're not glad, I'm, I'm glad. I got enough gladness for you today, right? No, hey, welcome to Renew Life Church. My name's Keith, and I'm the campus pastor here. Just so glad all of you are here today, especially if you are a first-time guest. You come here for the first time. Um, we so welcome you here. So church, can we just give them a big hand clap for being here? Yes, thanks for being here. Just so y'all know, y'all first-time guests know, we've been working on our, uh, on our golf clap because there's no golf claps allowed in this church. How many times have I said that? Like at least a million, right? We, we really wel- Can we welcome our first-time guests? Let's practice. See, see how much better that is? Just like you actually, you believe it. You're actually, I can feel it, you know? Um, no, no, welcome. It's, it's, uh, it's been just an amazing, amazing day so far. Um, I'm really excited. And just for this whole weekend, um, tomorrow night, Ben Armstrong is going to be here from Bethel Church, and he's going to be doing a uh, night of prophecy with our, with our church. And um, I was going to announce that at the end, but I'll just go ahead and announce it now. So um, if you hadn't signed up for that, man, I really encourage you to, uh, to get online, go to our events tab, get involved in that. Anybody interested in prophecy at all? Would anybody like to come and get a prophetic word over their life? All right, this is, this is the kind of places that it happens. I can't promise that everyone will get one, but this is the place that it happens. If you're extra holy, maybe he'll pick you. All right, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's gonna, be, it's gonna be a fun night tomorrow night. And he's uh, actually in Midland. He's at our Midland campus right now and he's preaching and teaching down there and he's doing a night of prophecy down there tonight and then coming back up tomorrow here. So uh, just really excited for our whole church body and uh, <clears throat> gonna be a fun weekend. Today, uh, I want to I want to jump in, and I actually want to continue talking around the idea uh, that I that I kind of presented to you last week about about being a hearer and a doer of the word. Many of you know this. Uh, scripture teaches us that we are not called to be hearers only, but we are actually called to be doers. That it's not enough for us just to know the word. No, we actually have to know the word, and we have to do the things that we know. It's not enough just to know Jesus. We have to actually follow Jesus. Amen. Follow his teaching, follow his ways, follow his promises. This is what the Christian life is all about. And if I could just kind of throw a disclaimer to you before I even get started this morning, I want you to know that I'm not teaching the law today. I'm not teaching about obeying so that you can come into right standing with God. There's only one way that you come into right standing with God. It's by receiving Jesus and receiving what he did for you on the cross. Right now, no matter what you think, no matter how you feel, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, which means you are in right standing with him, which means you can come into the throne room of your heavenly father and he, he doesn't look at you and be like, oh, I've seen what you've been doing. No, he looks at you and be like, what's up, bro? I'm glad you're here today. You're righteous by his blood. It's called the grace of God. What's amazing about the grace of God is it's not a get out of jail free card. Because when you realize how good he has been to you, you realize how bad you've been and how good he's been to you, you want to do good for him. So when we talk about being a doer today, No, we're doing out of grace. We're doing out of literally the empowerment that grace puts on our life to actually accomplish the things that he's called us to accomplish. Amen. If you have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter seven. 
Come on, that was like a whole message right there in two minutes. We could we go home right now. I'm I'm all I'm all happy now. Matthew chapter seven. This is Jesus talking. Uh, verse twenty four. We're going to jump into it in just a moment. <clears throat> I want to give you a quick backstory. If you remember, I, I said this last week. Matthew chapter seven verses twenty four through twenty seven twenty nine. This is actually the conclusion to Jesus's sermon on the mount. So if you go back in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, it's actually his sermon on the mount, arguably the best sermon ever preached on the face of the earth. Like you probably argue that pretty strong because it was Jesus who did it. And it was this, it was, he just taught so many things in this sermon on the mount. This is key as before we read uh, chapter 7. And, and uh, he, he taught all, he taught about the Beatitudes. Um, he taught, he taught about being salt and light. He taught about loving your neighbor, loving your enemy. He talked about the golden rule. He taught so much stuff in this one sermon that pastors like myself and pastors around the world, they just take one thing that he taught and they create three to four week series on that one little paragraph. This is how, this is the, this is the nuggets of revelation and wisdom that he dropped. That's how deep it is. And he, after teaching all this stuff, this is how he concludes. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it, I'm going to say those two things again. Anyone who listens and follows is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does, doesn't obey, notice they hear but don't follow. It is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. I want you to really to, to catch, to catch a hold of the, the difference here. I want, you need to hear this. It's not enough for you to know the word. Knowing the word doesn't build a solid foundation. I'm not sure if you believe it yet, so I'm going to say it one more time. Just knowing the Bible, just knowing the word of God doesn't build a solid foundation. Jesus said, it's if you know it and do it that builds a solid foundation. It's amazing that he makes this statement after preaching on like 47 things. He's like, if I could put it in my own words, Jesus said, hey, everyone, I appreciate you coming to this sermon on this mountain because there's a sermon on the mount. It's a pastor joke. Don't worry about it. Thanks for coming to church today. Thanks for listening. I'm glad you heard, but you will not see the fruit from what you heard unless you do it. It's going to take you hearing and you obeying to produce this solid foundation in your life. If you'll, if, if you'll take what you heard today and you'll begin to do it, does it, he didn't say do it perfectly. He didn't say, he didn't say, um, you know, you got to, you got to get a, above an A on your doing. He just said, if you hear and you go to do it, guess what? You, you'll start producing a solid foundation in your life. You know, you've probably realized this. Um, when it comes to just to, to kind of live in life, the, nobody in this room, including myself, is immune from the issues of life. Nobody in the room is immune from uh, or, or can avoid that flat tire that might come your way. Sometimes you get a flat tire. Sometimes you go on vacation. This popped right in my head. Sometimes you go to, to Thanksgiving vacation with your kids 
And, um, and one of them just straight hits their tooth on the ground and chips it right in half on Thanksgiving day when no dentist is open and has to try and eat turkey with a broke tooth. That's not fun, by the way, just so you know, right? And you got to find an out-of-town doctor to fix it. Like, there are issues that just come in life. Sometimes a relationship falls apart. Sometimes, if you've, been, follow, if you've been, been listening to my message since January, sometimes you have a plumbing issue at your house and you need angels to come down and fix this flipping thing because it is not getting fixed and your life is miserable. Thank you, Nick, for coming and helping me fix my plumbing issue, by the way. <clears throat> and and, and, and here's, here's what else I've discovered, and I'm going to tie this all in. Just hang with me. Here's what else I've discovered. Have you noticed this about life that when, when, um, when, when something, when an issue comes up, when a situation arises, you're, all the other things that you're doing in your life, they don't slow down. They don't just stop happening. You can't call your boss and be like, hey, boss, I got a, um, you know, I got a, I got a flat tire on my way to work today. I know that I had to meet that deadline, but I had that, so let's just push it back to the next week. It won't happen. You can't call into work and be like, hey, you know, my, my son, he broke his bracket off of his braces. I'm just going to go ahead and take the rest of the week off. It's just kind of stressful. No, no, no. Life keeps going. And you, and, you, and you have to deal with the situation with all the other stuff you're already dealing with. Here's how Jesus said it. The rain will come. There will be rain. There will be wind. There will be floodwaters. Aren't you so encouraged by that word today? He said that it's coming. It's coming. I, want to, I, just, I just need a bumper sticker. Put Renew Life Church on it. It just says the rain's coming. We just had so many people would join our church when they saw that. No, I'm kidding. But Jesus was very, very truthful about, hey, there would be some issues in life. But here's the best thing that he said. If you are a hearer and you are a doer, it doesn't matter what comes against you. Your house won't collapse. It don't matter what comes. It don't matter what situation comes. You will stay strong. How, how, how will you stay strong? If you hear and you do. Every time that you hear and every time that you do, it's like putting a root in the ground. It's like adding concrete to your foundation. It's like becoming a pillar in the faith. It doesn't matter what it is. When you choose to love your enemy, boom, more concrete. When you choose to do the right thing when everyone else is doing the wrong thing, boom, more rocks under you. When you choose whatever, whatever is the truth of God that you begin to hear and do, you just become stronger and stronger and stronger. And guess what? Whatever life has to throw at you, you won't quit. You'll be strong. You'll stay strong. That's the benefit of being a hearer and a doer. Even when life keeps going, even when life throws something at you, you keep going. Here, here, I know this from personal experience. You might even say, I quit. I'm so done with this. This stupid job, I'm done. I'm out of here. If my boss comes in my office one more time and looks over my shoulder at what I'm doing, I'm out of here. Let's be honest. You ain't out of there. You're coming back the next day. Sometimes you just need to say it. You probably shouldn't, but you did. And you can, you can feel like this just ha literally happened to me this week. Y'all, this plumbing issue is, I'm telling you, it's, thank God it's fixed. You're going to have a way better pastor than the rest of the year because of this, right? But I, I, was, I was so done. And like, I, I had just had to say, I was like, I was like Natalie, Natalie, 
I'm not going to quit, but I quit. Just at life. I'm quitting life. I'm done. I'm so over this. But you know, but you know deep down on the inside, oh, no, no, no. There's something right there that says you ain't quitting, bro. There ain't no way you're giving up because your house can't collapse because you've been a hearer and a doer and you're going to stay strong. Now shut your mouth and start speaking faith. Sorry, those are the conversations. I just let you in on my own conversation. So here we go. That's what's available to you when you hear and you do. Today, I want to continue to talk around the benefits of being a hearer and being a doer. And so I want to title the message, Fruit or Roots? Fruit or Roots? Would you pray with me? Jesus, we invite you into this place. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this conversation. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, would you lead and would you guide us in your truth? That's what you say you do. You're the best counselor, you're the best guider, you're the best teacher. And we just so want you here, I ask for your anointing today, God, to preach the gospel clearly and precisely in the way that you would have it preached. I pray that it be your words and not mine. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. If you would open your Bible to John chapter 15, it's kind of kind of where we launched from today as we continue this series. And it's a really cool portion of scripture uh, happens to be one, I think, one of the coolest analogies that Jesus actually gives us about our relationship with him. It's where he actually talks to us about him being the vine and us being the branches. You're probably familiar with this, but I want, I want to read it to you today. <clears throat> John 15, verse 1 says, I am, this is Jesus talking, he says, I'm the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce, notice the word, fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Isn't that, isn't that awesome about God? That when you, when you do good, he just cuts you back and makes you do more good? Thank you, Jesus. We love it. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Verse 4, remain in me and I will remain in you. Really key part of this scripture. Jesus says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Amazing portion of scripture right here. And Jesus teaches us a couple of things. Number one, the first things that he, that he teaches us is that fruit is important. Fruit is important. Fruit should be the result of being connected and following Jesus. In other words, you should look different than them out there. Believers should look different than unbelievers. The church should look different than the world. Why? Because you should have a heavenly fruit on your life. Because you are connected to Jesus, because you are following Jesus, there should be these things that are coming out of you called fruit. What kind of fruit? Well, there's some fruit that the Bible talks about. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, the fruits of the Spirit. There's more than that that comes. There's more fruit that comes from your life. But you sh that there should be people that should be able to come to your life and be able to pick some fruit from you. Can I say it that way? They should be able to see, oh, wow, he's strong. She's strong. Man, she carries patience so well. She carries the peace of God so, so well. Man, that's just a man of faith. Man, that's just a strong, there should be, there should be fruit in your life. 
Not only, not only should there be, Jesus expects it to be. He even makes a statement in this passage of scripture I haven't read. He said, how will the world know that you're my disciples? By your love for one another. What is love? Fruit. If I could say this way, how will people know that you follow me? They can see fruit. Following him, obeying him, being connected to Jesus. It actually, it actually is producing fruit in our life. And it makes a difference. Now, here Jesus teaches this. It's kind of a, um, he, he uses this word, remain. He says, remain in me. Another translation says, abide. Remain. Remain means stay connected. He even makes it clear. He's like, um, just, just, just so you understand what I'm saying, apart from me, you can do nothing. Like, let's just clear it all up. It's not like apart from me, you can produce like baby fruit. No, 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 no fruit. You can't do nothing without me is what Jesus said. You got to stay connected to me. He said, you got to remain. Interesting concept because the question then comes, how do we remain? If someone were to come to you today and say, hey, I read this John chapter 15. It says we're supposed to remain and abide in Jesus. How do you do that? What would you say? My point is it's kind of a, a uh, untangible concept out here. It's like, oh, we're just, you just, you just kind of you just, you just remain. How do you remain? Yeah, I don't, you just, just kind of do it. But see, it's actually remaining that produces fruit. So how do we remain? Well, Jesus actually teaches us how to remain a couple of verses down. If you look at verse nine, look at what he says. He says, I have loved you even as the father has loved me. Remain in my love. And here it is. When you obey my commandments, you remain. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. Here's what Jesus said. When you hear and you, and you do, when you hear and you obey, you remain in my love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I want to be super clear with you today. There's one thing that produces fruit in your life, and it's Jesus. Jesus is the one who produces fruit. But how are we supposed to stay connected to Jesus? We stay connected to Jesus by hearing him and following him. So can I, am, I, am I making, are you, are you seeing this? See, it's when we hear and obey that we create a strong foundation. So here, here's what else happens when you hear and obey. When you hear and obey, it makes you remain. And when you remain, you produce fruit. I'm going to say it again. Watch my movements. You ready? It's kind of a dance. When you hear and obey, you know what that means? It means you remain. And when you remain, when you stay connected, guess what? Much fruit. Much fruit. So guess what? Hearing and obeying leads to fruit. It leads to fruit in our lives. I, uh, I remember, <clears throat> many of you know my, my, kind of my background of, of, of sports because I don't ever shut up about them, but I, uh, <clears throat> I played football for a really long time, played in high school, played in college, played professionally for a couple of years. Don't look up at my stats because you'll be disappointed. Um, but I played for almost 16 years is how long I played football. In every single second of those 16 years, I despised working out. I hated working out. You got to work out when you play football, by the way. Even though if you're a quarterback, they don't get it. It's like, I don't need to work out. I just got to throw this rock to the ones who do work out. 
<clears throat> I had to work out. You had to condition. You had to do all this stuff. And I just, I just straight up, I hated every second of it. I love playing the game, did not like all the work that went into it. It was really funny when I got done playing, all of a sudden I picked up this passion for working out. It's like, Lord, really? Like, how does, this would have been really valuable when I was actually playing, but I just, I got really, um, I, I, I got really sucked into the research of just, just kind of lifting and working out and doing different things to your body and getting in shape and looking a certain way and and uh, man, I, I was reading all kinds of stuff about lifts and how many you do and how heavy you do them, how many reps and, and uh, what you eat and what you don't eat. I mean, I was, I got down into the weeds, right? And, and this kind of sounds pretty, you're, I don't know, it sounds kind of simple, but hang with me. I had this like moment where I realized, I was like, oh, I was like, if, if I do, I was following this guy and this trainer and he had a whole plan. I was like, if I do everything that he says to do, I will look exactly like I want to look and I'll be in the shape that I want to be in. Like, it was like, I just had, it was, I know it sounds like, well, duh, you would think that you don't. It's like, I was like, no, I'm like, I actually, like, it's actually possible. I can do everything he says perfectly and I will look good at the pool. It will happen. Now doing the whole thing is a whole nother story and actually staying with it. But like, it's, in other words, it wasn't like, oh, well, you know, it's all about genetics and it's all about the, you know, it was like, no, no, this is actually possible. This is what Jesus was teaching us. He was saying, hey, this thing isn't complicated. You want to be a strong believer? You want to be the father in the faith? You want to be a mother in the faith? You want to be someone who has faith? You want to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover? You want to experience the prophetic? You want to see the kingdom of heaven come down to this earth? It's really, really simple. Hear and obey. If you'll just do it, you'll see the fruit. It's, it's not reserved for the special. It's not reserved for those who are, you know, who are Christians like 18 years and two months. Once you reach that point, then boom, you're going to start seeing fruit. It's not for the, no, no, it's not for the called. You're all called. We're all a holy nation. We're all a priesthood. We've all been made as a masterpiece. It's actually not that comp. I can to become who I'm supposed to be in the kingdom, I just got to hear and obey. Fruit will come. Now, let me be super clear. If you hear and obey, that does not mean that you'll be able to sing like Bethany. No matter how much you believe, no matter, you, ain't got, you ain't got enough faith to sound that good. All right, let me just put it, or Lizzie, or all of our team. It's just like, yeah, just let them do that thing but you'll become who you've been, you've been made to be. There's anointing on people's lives. You have certain favor, all that. Yeah, yeah. but I'm talking, about, I'm talking about more than just the, 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 the grace that God has put on your life. I'm talking about character. I'm talking about being a, part of, a strong part of the body and contributing to the body, becoming a mom of the faith, becoming a mom and becoming a father in this. That's what I'm talking about. That is not reserved for some special group. No, it's simple. Hear and obey. Hear and obey. Now, <clears throat> that's kind of the fruit side of my message. <clears throat> I want to talk to you about roots now. I want to talk to you about roots. You, you've probably noticed this uh, about following God. 
and you probably notice this when it comes to talking about producing fruit, um, you, will, you will do what the word says and there will be a time when you don't see fruit. Anybody ever been there before? Have you noticed that when you follow God, you do not see immediate fruit all the time? I'll even say it this way. When you follow God, the majority of the time you don't see immediate fruit. I kind of had this thought, you know what would happen if you saw immediate fruit? The whole world would be saved. This, we wouldn't have enough chairs for this place. Because if you could just go to someone and be like, hey, try this, watch this, it'll work. Just do it real quick. Boom. Everybody be saved. But there's this thing in scripture called seed time and harvest. There's a scripture that says, don't grow weary in well-doing. At just the right time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. You have, there has to be a moment of time where you see no fruit for there, for there to be an opportunity for you not to get weary. There has to be a moment where you see no fruit, where you have the opportunity to decide not to give up and to keep going forward. There has to be moments in your life where you keep lifting and lifting and you keep looking at your biceps and you still don't see nothing. There's still 16s, but you got to keep going and you get to 18s. He's got way bigger arms than 18 inches. But anyway, like you get my analogy. You see what I'm saying? We have to press on. We have to, we have to keep going. And I, and I want to encourage you today. I really do want to encourage you. I propose to you that when you hear and obey and you don't see fruit, God's still working and he's making roots. When you hear and obey, there's always something happening. If you don't, even if you don't see it, even if you're not experiencing it, God is doing something in your life. He's working something out. You, we've all been in this place where we've prayed before and not seen the answer. I mean, come on, Lord. You said if I speak to this mountain and I have faith and I believe it'll be removed and tossed in the sea. Lord, I've been speaking about my dream car and every day I wake up and I walk out, it ain't, it ain't there. Where's it at, God? Where's my fruit? Should I change my title to where's my fruit? I'm, I was in between those two. Where's my fruit? Lord, I, I've, I've been doing what you said to do with my kids. You told me to discipline them and they're still acting like my kids. They're still doing all the stuff they were doing before. I've been, I've been disciplining for two days, surely two days. No, keep going. But where, where, where's the fruit? Like, Lord, I've, I've been giving. Where's the fruit? Lord, I've been praying for my family member to be saved. Where's the fruit? Anybody ever been in any of these situations before? I'm going to go ahead and say probably all of you. You know what I've discovered personally? It's in those moments that the Lord's really doing a work in me. There's nothing that, can get to, that, that takes you closer to him than an unanswered prayer. So moments when you're like, I can't believe this is still happening. I can't believe this is, Lord, where are you? Where are you? Lord, I've been, I've been praying for the worship team to sing my favorite song and they still haven't prayed. My, I've been releasing my faith. Where is it? Where's the fruit? Where's the, where's the famous one? When are they going to sing the famous one? I know it's from the 90s, but man, Chris Tomlin killed that song. When are they going to sing it? I love that song, by the way. At least open the eyes of my heart. Can we get to open the eyes of my heart? Somebody. Give us clean hands, pure hearts. 
Some, I mean, come on. I got, a, I got a whole list. I'm trading my sorrows. Come on, somebody, right? The enemy is under my feet. And I, okay, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Bethany's singing over there. I've been, I've been believing. I don't see it. Lizzie just looked at me. She was like, stop. They're putting this on the podcast. It's like you believe and you, you kind of go after it. It's in those moments where the Lord begins to work in you and you have to deal with some stuff. You have to deal with, you have to deal with, oh Lord, I'm, I feel like I'm doing everything I know to do. And you get, and you come to these moments and, and it, you, these moments on the inside where you say, am I still going to believe that he's a good father or am I going to bail on what I believe? Is he still good? Even though I don't see what I want to see, is he still good? Does he still love me? Oh, does the, is, is the word still true that I'll lay hands on the sick and watch him recover, even though multiple times I've done it and it hadn't happened? Do I, will I choose to believe? And, and here's what's happening. You know what's happening? He's growing roots. You may not see the fruit of healing. You may not see the fruit of your favorite song. You may not see the fruit that you're looking for. I, hear me today. There's still something going on. God is growing roots. He's, giving, he's, he's growing your root system. He's getting you strong. He's getting you sturdy. So that, so that 10 years down the road when someone comes and says, man, I've been believing for my family member and I haven't seen them saved yet. You can say, hey, I was right there. It took 10 years of prayer, but I actually saw it come true. It will happen. Just keep believing. Roots. We need a body of Christ with roots. They're strong. They're strong. You know what I love about a deep root system? It produces really fat, juicy fruit. So just know, if you don't see fruit yet, oh, he's just working on bringing you bigger fruit. He's, he's, he's working on bringing you more fruit. Because Jesus is just as concerned with you as he is with your fruit. In fact, he's way more concerned with you than he is with your fruit. His whole thing is you. He wants to take care of you. He wants to grow you. He wants to do something in you. And all you don't even have to, I didn't even, didn't even have this revelation until just now. You don't have to worry about the fruit. Like you, in the spirit realm, you can't, oh, apple. The more that you strain, the more that it ain't going to happen. It's like, oh, orange. Nope. Just stay connected to the vine. If you want to strain and strike, you're, do it holding on to the vine. Holding on to Jesus. Squeeze him. It ain't your own work that's going to be producing fruit. It's him. It's the work he's doing in you. It's the grace that he's empowered you to do. The thing he's called you that produces that fruit. And when you don't see any fruit, just know you're getting roots. I had um, a counseling session with a, with a young lady not too long ago and we, we sat down and she was kind of talking to me about her quiet time with the Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, she was just kind of being super honest with me, like, man, I, it's just not, I'm not really sure how it's going. It just doesn't seem to be going that, that well. I'm like, well, what are, you, what are you feeling? Like, what's going on? She's like, honestly, I just feel uh, like intimidated. Like, it's almost like before I walk into that room or go sit in that chair to spend time with the Lord, I'm like, I just feel intimidated. 
and just kind of uneasy. I said, okay, well, um, what, what happens when you actually get in there and you spend time with him? Is, do, you, do you feel like that, that he's revealing things about you to you that you didn't know? She's like, yeah. Like, does it feel like he is just kind of stripping the things that he needs to strip off of your life and he's just showing you to you and it makes you feel super vulnerable? She's like, mm-hmm. She's like, am I, she's like am, I, am I doing something wrong? I'm like, oh, no. You are exactly where you're supposed to be. Your, your walk is on fire right now. She's like, I'm pretty sure it's not. I'm like, I promise you it is. Because this don't, this don't feel good. You know, you know what God's doing in her? Building roots. Growing roots. He's coming in. He's bringing discipline to certain situations. Yeah, I said discipline. He's bringing conviction. Not condemnation. Not shame. Not guilt. Conviction. The Holy Spirit, she's going in there and the Holy Spirit's just being like, hey, what do you, th- what do you think about this? How about this part of your life? Will you give me this? Will you do this? Will you take this risk? I shared this scripture with her and I want to share it with you today and we can kind of close after this. <clears throat> James chapter one, verses two through four say that, says this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Let me just tie this back to Matthew 7. Count it all joy when the rain comes. Count it all joy when the flood comes. Count it all joy when the wind comes. I said, count it joy, my brother, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. It produces patience. It produces endurance. And here's the the interesting statement after this. James says, and let steadfastness have its full effect. Notice the words, let it. Let patience, let endurance have its effect. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I want to read out of the message. I think it's really, really good. It says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Here it is. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. So you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. You know what I think this scripture says? Let God, grow your root system. Let him grow your roots. Let him deal with those things he needs to deal with. And here's all you have to do. You just have to hear and obey. You just have to hear and you have to listen. You have to follow. You have to do. You gotta, you actually have to, you have to let steadfast, you have to let steadfastness, you have to let this work, even though it could be painful and kind of uncomfortable, let him do it. You know what this also also shows me? You cannot let him do it. Some of y'all need to hear that. You can stop it if you want. You can. You can say, God, you can't touch this part of my life. This is a part of my heart. I'm not, you can't touch it. And you may not say it out of your mouth, but you won't let him touch it. Well, guess what? 
He's coming for that place, just so you know. He's coming for it. And every time you go in to meet with him, there might be a season where he lets you off the hook, but he's going to come back to him. Man, what? He wants you because he wants your heart. He wants all of you. I've been in these moments. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm going to kind of share a quick example and a story, and then you can kind of do with it what you want. It may kind of not line up with your theology. But it's just real. I've been in these moments with God in my quiet time with him, in my alone time with him, where I feel like he's revealing something to me that either I need to bring into the light or that I need to work on or I need to go and do. And it's, and it's uncomfortable. It's going to take a risk. It's going to take a lot of faith. I don't see how I could possibly do it. And one of the things that I've learned to do in my relationship with him is when he brings up those things, I don't say no, but I will say not yet. Not yet. Lord, I'm saying yes, I just can't do it right now. You're gonna have to give me the strength. You're gonna have to fill me with the faith. Lord, I don't see how I could possibly do this, but I'm not saying no, I'm just kind of saying yes, but can you just give me some time? And I know some could argue, well, you know, you know, pastor, delayed obedience is disobedience. Well, I would rather disobey than just say flat out no. In fact, I would argue that God kind of knows everything. So when he brings something that hard to you, guess what? He dropped it. He dropped it in, 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 in January because he knew it was going to take you till July before you did it. And he's like, all right, here, just, I'm going to drop this little nugget, just chew on it. Like, Lord, I, there's no, I can't do that. He's like, I, I know. You will. Just, just keep this. Here's, here's what I'm saying. Keep a soft heart to it. Keep a soft heart to it. All right, Lord. Yes. It's a yes. It's a, I will share my faith with that coworker. It's a yes. It's a yes. Next day, coworker, have, have a good day. Dang it. Lord, I'm still saying yes. I messed up. I'm still saying yes. Next day, don't do it. Next year, don't do it. Finally, it's like, Lord, I'm, I'm doing it today. And you will. Why? Because you never got into a place where you're like, Lord, I just, I'm never going to do it. Can you just stop talking to me about it? And sometimes in his grace and mercy, he will. And you don't want him to. Because if you'll, if you, if you'll do it, you know what, you know what's going to happen? Fruit. You know what's going to happen? Roots. You know what's going to happen? Strong foundation. You know what's going to happen? Strong man of faith. Strong woman of faith. He's growing you. So let steadfastness have its work. Let it. As painful as it is, let it. It's going to do one of two things. It's either going to produce fruit or it's going to produce a root that's going to lead to some good fruit. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.